Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The man born blind is on a journey, and it is specifically a journey from budding faith to full-grown faith, from not knowing to knowing. Today's reading from the Gospel of John has to be one of the most wonderful stories in the Bible. It's got dramatic events and controversy and feisty characters. The blind man's journey can speak to us of our own journeys. This man's growing sense of who Jesus is can speak to our own faith. Then turning to our reading from the Hebrew scriptures, God's conversation with Samuel as God guides Samuel in identifying the next king of Israel also contributes something to our understanding today. This reading also suggests something about how we gain understanding. But before I get to the message the scriptures might hold for us, let's acknowledge and address some of the problems with today's reading from the Gospel of John. First, let's dismiss the question that Jesus dismissed. The disciples want to draw Jesus into a theological discussion about whose sin caused the man's blindness. The problem is the disciples are asking the wrong question. Jesus rejects the disciples' question and draws them instead into a different conversation. It was a common first-century worldview to believe that disability, suffering, even tragedy were the result of sin. But we know that is not true. And Jesus knew that was not true. Jesus essentially said that the disciples' question was irrelevant. Jesus offers another answer, and unfortunately this answer is problematic too. After saying that the man was not born blind as the result of any sin, Jesus goes on to say, It is so that the works of God might be revealed in him. This is one thing that bothers me in this scripture. When you read this or hear this, there's no getting around the fact that it sounds like Jesus is saying that this man was born blind so that God would have an opportunity to work a miracle. Now, I do not believe that God messes with people's lives in order to show off. God does not create suffering for the chance to perform a miracle. I do think God works in people's lives in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. This is where the real truth in Jesus' statement lies. You could be blind, as the man in the story was. You could be bleeding like the hemorrhaging woman from another gospel story. Or you might be enslaved in Egypt, to go back to our Hebrew scriptures. But even if you are none of these things, God can work in your life. It's not about sin, and it's not about the man's blindness. It's about knowing that whoever you are, whatever your circumstances, God can work in your life. Now let's acknowledge yet a third problem with this scripture. Using blindness as a metaphor is problematic. All too often, blindness is used as a metaphor for ignorance or lack of knowledge. When we speak metaphorically like this, even though we don't intend to, we in effect perpetuate negative associations with blindness 
that can impact our attitudes not only about blindness, but also about people who are blind. So let's not do that. Happily, our scripture passages for this morning have much meaning to offer us, even apart from any of the problems in the texts. What meaning do we find here? Along our journeys, there are many ways we take in information, many ways of knowing, many resources to guide us. Sight is one. Those of us who can literally see take in information and gain understanding from visual cues. But there are so many others. Let's look for a moment at the passage from Samuel. Samuel speaks of how God sees a person's heart in contrast to seeing a person's appearance. Now we know this is metaphorical speech. We know we don't see a person's physical heart with our literal eyesight. The reading from Samuel encourages us to take in information other than what we perceive visually. God says, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see, they look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. When we try to sense a person's heart, the passage from Samuel suggests that we are practicing a way of perceiving others that is closer to how God sees us, that is more faithful than looking at someone's appearance. God urges us to perceive a person's heart, which might mean trying to perceive their hopes and dreams, their intentions and motivations, their essence or their character. God is uninterested in a person's visible appearance. Turning back to the story of the man born blind, we find that he too gives insight into an expanded understanding of how we might perceive things. When Samuel was talking about how we perceive a person, the man born blind teaches us about how we might perceive Christ. The gospel writer John's driving concern is that we truly understand who Jesus is, as John understood him. So for John, sin exists on the part of those who refuse to see Jesus for who he is. It turns out that the real work God, of God in the blind man's life is not that the man was healed, but that he grows in faith. The right questions to be asking, then, are about how we journey into faith. The good news for all of us who struggle to understand our faith is that John's Gospel gives us a picture of the struggle. The man who was born blind doesn't have his theology figured out. He doesn't have a correct doctrine for understanding Jesus. This man doesn't begin with faith at all. He doesn't even ask Jesus for healing, as we see in so many other healing stories. And the healing itself did not give the man faith. Instead, we see the man's faith emerge through a gradual process, separate from the healing, as he works out his questions. How does he come to faith? The man who was born blind has this really concrete bodily experience of Jesus. He remembers the feeling of having mud smeared on his face. And this firsthand experience forms the foundation of everything he comes to understand about his faith. 
as the man goes through the story of his sight being restored again and again, he returns to the facts as he experienced it. The neighbors are arguing, trying to figure it out. They aren't even sure he's the same guy they used to know as a blind man. He confirms his identity, and when they question him, he tells the story of his sight being restored. Jesus put mud on my eyes and told me to wash it off, he says. It still isn't settled. The neighbors take the guy to the religious authorities to investigate further. They ask him again about his sight. He tells the same story again, the mud on his eyes and the washing. This took place on the Sabbath, which is a big problem for the Pharisees. The Pharisees spend some time arguing about whether Jesus is a sinner and can't agree. In the course of this debate over Jesus, these religious authorities ask the man born blind for his opinion. This formerly blind man has only his experience to go on in understanding Jesus. The truth that he knows, because it is a truth that he feels in his body, is that Jesus restored his sight. So he says Jesus is a prophet. The debate rages on. His parents are drawn into the discussion, and finally the Pharisees question the man again. The man who used to be blind is frankly getting a little impatient at this point. He tells his story again, sounding a little testy. You can hear the sarcasm in it. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become his disciples? And he comes back again to the truth he knows from his own experience. Jesus restored his sight. In the face of dissenting voices and this external clamor and debate over what is true, this man knows truth by standing firm in what has happened to him, what he has felt and experienced. This deeply felt truth becomes the foundation of the faith he builds. For as the debate wages on, his own belief becomes increasingly clear to him. Of course Jesus is from God. How could he do these things he has done if he were not from God? Of course he is from God. The healing did not give the man his faith. But his faith does grow as he affirms the truth of his own experience. As the man born blind stands by his story, he more importantly comes increasingly to interpret the meaning of his own story. There are two lessons I take from this scripture about the growth of faith. The first is that faith has to ring true for us in our gut. I'm not saying that we don't struggle over what to believe or how to understand our faith. Struggle is part of the journey. But in your faith struggles, some things just won't sit right with you. You'll encounter ideas that feel wrong to you on that gut level. On the other hand, the best truths of faith will ring true in your gut. It's important to listen to what rings true in your gut. Just as the man who had been born blind listened to his gut in the face of voices arguing that Jesus was a sinner. At the end of the story, Jesus returns to the man whose sight he restored. And here's the second lesson I take from the scripture. When it comes to faith, your own gut experience isn't the whole picture. It isn't enough in itself. We all know that there are sometimes voices within us that don't really speak truth. Voices of insecurity or fear, 
a plethora of voices from the world around us that can also get lodged inside us. The man born blind sorts through his experience as best he can. But the crucial moment is when Jesus returns to help give meaning to the man's experience. Faith is where that feeling in your gut meets the encouragement that Christ offers. It's a good lesson for the season of Lent when the Christian calendar directs us to turn inward and listen for the voice of God in our lives. We can listen for God through prayer, through worship, through faithful voices around you, the ones who have proved over time to be trustworthy. We don't all hear God in quite the same way. Some of you have felt a sense of hearing God clearly and directly. Others of us sense God's spirit moving in intangible ways. At other times, we hear words of prayer or theology or hymns and sense that they ring true as representations of God. But however you experience God, faith emerges where our deeply felt truths meet God's own word to you. Listen to your gut and listen also for the voice of God. Amen.